0: fm I guess, radio.
1: Yes, it, it, like, it is the radio. radio oh, you're on Park. three? Sorry, Benjamin switched mics on me. So we'll try that again. This is WMDC fm College Park. All right, now the FEC for the second week in a row can't get mad at me. How is it going, Ben?
0: Uh, we're doing all right. Uh, we're having some apparent technical difficulties. All our fixed. our producer fixed. is in an unfamiliar setting. Um, but he's he's doing his best. You'll notice that there is not a third person with us today. It'll just be Brad and I. Unfortunately, our our colleague and and roommate Anthony Valdez is uh, mourning the uh, acquittal of President Donald Trump. <laughs> Very so, politely said. Um, so our our thoughts and prayers are with him at this time. Uh, in his honor, we will be doing a uh, a somber. Reading of the State of the Union address,
1: <laughs> <laughs> selected readings. <laughs> no, um. no, but seriously, we might do a, a fun little segment later where we talk about the Mookie Betts trade, and and one of us pretends to be Anthony Valdez, and I think that that'll be a real treat for the listeners.
0: Yeah, so we we got a lot of things to to go through today. Very very eventful week, and it's shaping up to be a exciting, uh, you know, next couple of days. Some of the you know the big things that happened this week, obviously the Super Bowl. Uh, Sunday, the Kansas City Chiefs defeat the San Francisco 49ers 31 uh, 20 in an epic comeback win, engineered by Patrick Mahomes. We had uh, everyone's looking forward to our Maryland basketball recap. Brad's mm-hmm. going to get into some uh, discussion of other Maryland sports. Yeah, the Maryland, uh, the Maryland like, minute, I would like minute will thank, be making a triumphant would comeback this week. I like to thank week.
1: all the listeners who wrote in so passionately advocating for the Maryland minute. And I, I know. Me, I know I speak for everybody when I say this. We really, we really appreciate your comments. And, uh, uh, there's going to be a great, maybe it can be a Maryland minute and a half today. We'll see.
0: Uh, uh yes. Like you said, we <laughs> we will see. Uh, <laughs> what else do we have? We'll be doing one of your favorite PSAs. Brad has something yep, really, great. uh, been riveting, looking all week for a good one. riveting and informational geared up for later. We'll be talking about the NBA trade deadline. Unfortunately, as I said, Anthony Valdez will not be here to give, uh, us insight on his, uh, You know, beloved Los Angeles Lakers, and then we're going to talk about the recent bombshell trade: Mookie Betts going to the Dodgers. So, yes, that um, is that is the plan. Why don't we start talking about the Super Bowl, Super Bowl Fifty Four in Miami?
1: Yeah, I think that that's that is an appropriate place to start. So, uh, for those of you who didn't watch the game, I I imagine everyone watched the game, but in case you didn't, uh, it it really was quite a good game overall. Uh, you know, maybe a little bit slow in the first half uh, at times, but you know the, the fourth quarter was really all you can hope for in a Super Bowl with uh, a double-digit comeback and, and exciting plays on, on, on both sides of the ball, really. So, I, I mean, I, personally for me, uh, it was nice to be able to watch a Super Bowl and not really have a stake in it. Uh, it was something I hadn't uh, had the the pleasure, I'll say, of experiencing in the last uh, three years. So definitely something different, and um, it, it was nice to able to sit back and relax and not have to stress out about every snap.
0: Yeah, you could focus on stressing out about what uh, what new uh, allegations, and then eventual yeah, confirmations of New England cheating are going to come out in the uh, likely. I mean, the timetable is so accelerated with with the Patriots. Could be days. Could be yeah, months. You never know. You never know. But something will something will be coming. Now, I uh, I really enjoyed the game. Uh, it was a it was interesting. These these two teams kind of. I don't want to say shifted from their identities but but uh San Francisco, who who had just been dominating uh with their run offense throughout the playoffs and and most of the season um didn't really rely on it as as heavily as I would have expected. A lot of times where they were in, you know, second and five, third and five when they you know it seemed like they yeah, could and, and you it's... know keep running the ball and, and they did have some some success with it. They they let Jimmy Garoppolo uh, throw the ball, who who really had a had a tough day um, when dropping back.
1: Yeah, I would actually argue that, that they had pretty solid success running the ball. I mean, um, Mostert was averaging over five yards, or just about five yards a carry up until, you know, the very end of the game when they really slowed the pace down. And I, I was definitely surprised that they, coming off of the way that they, they played the previous week or two weeks ago in the NFC Championship game, I was definitely surprised that they didn't rely on the run a little more heavily. And, you know, Garoppolo, we'll, we'll talk about this in a second, but Garoppolo really had a chance arguably to win the game on a, on a deep pass to Debo Samuel and, and couldn't hit it. So when the game was in his hands, he, he could not perform. And, you know, I think that was a fear of a lot of Niners fans and definitely one of the criticisms coming into the game about him.
0: But it, it wasn't just that play. I mean, he was no. he was missing receivers, uh, I don't want to say all night, but but several times throughout the game, um, struggling to read pressure. and And even with open receivers, just unable to get the ball there, balls batted down or just... Uh, flat out missing throws. So, um, the the Niners have I think it's is it this off season or or maybe the year the year after they they signed Jimmy Garoppolo to a big contract uh, two two seasons ago um, and have the opportunity to walk away from the money right now. They obviously have a great rest of their team, uh, phenomenal defense. Who you know fell a little bit short in that in that fourth quarter, but. I think there you may have to start thinking if if your general manager, John Lynch, is Jimmy Garoppolo uh, the—is he the long-term answer under center? Um, I think that's definitely something they'll be thinking about and um, we'll— They'll look at. Yeah, going I mean, I it. definitely
1: wouldn't say that Jimmy Garoppolo has been bad this game or the season. I think that he could definitely still can be their quarterback for the foreseeable future. But you sure, know, when, I mean, when you, when you, one of the best put, offenses. Yeah, when you put him up against uh, Patrick Mahomes, you it, it paints of he he looks a lot worse than I think he does uh, in a you know a regular season game. So one of the other things that I think we should definitely talk about, and I know you'll have some opinions here, is about Kyle Shanahan and how he managed this game. So what? I have my thoughts. What were yours, Ben? Uh, especially given that he is now responsible for the uh, two of the largest uh, blown leads in Super Bowl history. Obviously, the first the, being the against two the Patriots. largest. Well, there were a couple other teams that have blown ten point leads. Couple so other, tied right. for the first largest and tied for second largest. Right. Um.
0: You know, it. You don't want to necessarily put the choker label on on someone, uh, especially someone who who has shown his ability to to just be so. Who, who devises schemes that just flat-out work. Um, they work in the regular season. They work in the regular season. They work in the postseason. Yeah. Um, and he seems to kind of pivot from them in, in the in the big game. Now, you know, there, there's a, a question as to how much control um, he had in Super Bowl. What was that, 50-51? 50, yep. 51, uh, the Fal- when he was the offensive coordinator of the Falcons. Yeah. Um, you know, there he was the offensive coordinator, and it, and it looked like he had a great deal of um, you know discretion over the offensive play calling. You know, the timeouts, however, that was you know managed by the head coach. So yeah, you know, how fair is is it to put the blame on on that game on him? I'd say partial. As for this game, there were just several, I you know many points throughout the game where where I can just point to to questionable play calling.
1: Yeah, I, I mean, sports love storylines. And regardless of whether you think you can put the entire Falcons' blown lead on Shanahan, it's a storyline now, and he will have this reputation with him until he can finally, I think, win a Super Bowl or or, or really perform well in in a playoff situation like this. To me, what I think was, I mean, similar to to what he did in the Patriots, in the loss of the Patriots, where that second half of that game, they were up big and they just really slowed the pace down and stopped being aggressive and and mismanaged timeouts. Well, I would
0: actually argue they were were overly aggressive. aggressive. I guess, yeah. I mean, they were they were passing the ball when they really should have been. running But then,
1: running at, it. at the very end, they started passing the ball when they should have been when they should have been running. To well, so be I'm, overly aggressive, either way, uh, very odd time management um, throughout that entire game. And to me, the oddest thing in this game was at the end of the first half, Kansas City gets stopped on a, on a long third down, and there's about a minute and fifty left in the in the half. Shanahan Lord. has all three timeouts. What?
0: It was it was the first play under the two minute warning. Yeah, the
1: first play under the two minute warning. Exactly. Shanahan has all three timeouts and chooses to not use any letting the clock down, run down to just over a minute before um, the before Kansas City punted. Then they, they ran a screen, a short screen, got a run, then still, had, had, still hadn't used a timeout, finally got a pass over the middle to about their own 40, call a timeout then, and then we have the Kittle pass interference play, and at that point it just kind of ran out. But to me, to be so unaggressive there, when you know how quickly the Chiefs offense can score, and maybe the argument is they can score so fast we don't want to go three and out and give them the ball back, but you know, you have to play to win. You can't play not to lose.
0: I, I agree with you there. I, and you saw, you know, general manager John Lynch calling for a timeout from the bench when yeah, Shanahan was was letting the clock run down. <laughs> should general managers from you know from the owners' luxury suites be able to call timeouts? Probably not. But um, maybe if Kyle Shanahan's your head coach, maybe they should. So I I was really baffled by by his decision there, and then at the halftime interview. Um, you know, he said I'm comfortable with I I like where we're at in this game and um, you know, time and time again the Mahomes has showed his ability to uh, come back in close games and you know it, it i I didn't feel good uh for the Niners at that point in the game. So I think that leads to a good segue uh just just naturally by the time of the game. Um and we'll talk about Shanahan's play calling later in the game as well. But Brad, I know you really as a big Jennifer Lopez fan, yes, you really enjoyed the halftime show.
1: I mean, what a show! But I mean, I gotta say, I can't remember such a fascinating halftime show. Uh, I'll use the word fascinating. uh, Well, you really enjoyed
0: the the Justin Timberlake, Janet Jackson performance for obvious reasons. Yes, of course, of course. um,
1: But no, it was it was. uh, I mean, there you should have seen there. There were some people on Twitter who were very angry at the nfl uh, filing <laughs> suggested lawsuits it's, it's it's kind of a it's become quite a quite a meme now we had to but,
0: we had to cover brad's eyes for a large portion of it but but overall i thought it was pretty high energy i thought the you know kind of a combination of a medley of best hits i, I thought it yeah. was pretty enjoyable See,
1: the biggest the, one of the biggest things that i was disappointed with was, was pitbull this is his city dale where was he
0: yeah, Brad. Brad was very.
1: I, all I wanted was that shiny bald head on my screen, and I didn't get to have. Well, he it. He was
0: in one of the what was it one, He's of, in the one pre- of the game. ads? Yeah. yeah, hype video um, things. Did Did you like the ads this year? What did you think about the ads this year?
1: I thought the ads are pretty good. We okay. This is actually we're going to have a really important conversation right now. The first okay. So that me, Ben, uh, and our girlfriends like to play the game Settlers of Catan. It's a great game. If anyone like to play with us, please uh, send us a text and we would be happy to play. We decided that for our next game, we would pick what type of ad would be first. And whoever was correct, whoever got their ad shown first, would win the bet. And we got to go first in the Catan game. So being the genius that I am, naturally, I chose uh, a beverage, an alcohol commercial. So beer, liquor, anything like that. Other people chose other things. The very first commercial, the Bud Light Night, comes out. And I I had to to use the restroom. I see the Bud Light light. I'm like, okay, that's a beer commercial. Obviously, it's a beer commercial. Anybody with half of a brain knows this is a beer commercial. I've won the bet. I go to the bathroom. I then come out to what has become the largest conspiracy theory I have ever seen since the JFK assassination. That that this was somehow a commercial for a detergent. And I refuse to hear it. So if anyone would like to call in or, or write in and explain to my colleagues that they are far incorrect here, I would really appreciate it.
0: Uh, okay, let's let's talk about the second half of the game.
1: <laughs> I just the, they're making a mockery of the game.
0: Uh, moving on, so Chiefs Chiefs go down twenty ten. Um, Patrick Patrick Mahomes throws an interception, bounces off the hands of his receiver Tyree Kill. At that point, to be honest, I thought the game was over. It just seemed like he wasn't able to. You know, he th- he threw a really bad interception early on, where either he he completely didn't see the linebacker. Expected the receiver to um, yeah, to come back on really, a different route. Really odd, but it, very unlike Holmes, Like yeah. he, um, you know, they're they're down twenty ten with eight fifty three left to go. Uh, up until that point, on his first six drives, he was eighteen for twenty nine, hundred seventy two yards and two interceptions. And then, as he's been able to do uh, throughout his his young career and throughout these playoffs, just turn it on uh, with a double digit lead next two drives goes eight for twelve, hundred fourteen yards and two scores.
1: Yeah, and he you know, he was the MVP of the game and I, I think probably deservedly so. I mean you know, quarterbacks will naturally get the benefit uh, of the doubt in, in the M V P in the Super Bowl MVP voting as they do so often. But I thought Mahomes really, you know, willed this team to the win here. He he played fantastically in the fourth quarter when they needed him to, made throws down the field, read the defenses perfectly, you know, uh, audible to a couple of screen passes when he needed to and you know, he, he really was was just masterful those last couple of minutes and uh you know shout out to him and, and the game that he he played and I think that we also uh should be happy for andy Reid. Andy Reed finally getting a super Bowl it, it was uh very funny to see some of his postgame interviews where he you know he was talking about how he he'd have a double cheeseburger for dinner and, and all of this so definitely um a happy moment for him as well
0: yeah it was it was good to see him when he just seemed um, i don't know if the word just ecstatic and and relieved but uh a, a bunch of different emotions running through him, and just the whole—all the players seem so excited for him, and um, you know it was really nice to, to see a, a coach who's w- so well respected, and you know hasn't—I don't think he's been accused of any cheating. Oh um, God! You know, finally, finally win a Super Bowl and you know get that monkey off his back. I think if there are any questions as to if you know Andy Reid was was going to oh, Canton, I think, I think this is all but you know this,
1: this sums it up for him, I think as well. But uh, should should he move on from the super? Or you had a couple other things in the Super Bowl here we can go over. Uh,
0: how do you how do you think it compared to Super Bowls of past? I mean, obviously your your view is going to be a little skewed as you know due to your your allegiance. Yeah,
1: but... I mean, I, I I thought it was. A, I mean, the things I look for in the Super Bowl are you know is it excited? There's like I think maybe two main things. Which is am I is the game over in the first quarter? And you know am I excited the entire way? And I think that this definitely had that. Even though you know there were double digit leads at times with Mahomes in the field, it never felt like. Um, Kansas City was out of it, and you know the first quarter was it was ten ten at halftime. So you know that that was really competitive, and then you know you love to see a comeback, and this this obviously had a comeback. So I, I'd rate the Super Bowl pretty highly. I mean, you know, obviously as a fan, for me it can't it can't compare to any of the Patriots Super Bowls. Um, but I, I, I thought it was a really good game, and I think it, you know as a neutral fan, I, it was definitely entertaining the whole way.
0: Yeah, I thought overall it was I mean certainly more exciting than last year's Super Bowl. Um, disagree again. Uh, yeah, I, I thought it was better than last year's Super Bowl. No,
1: objectively, it was.
0: Um, I think it's it's one of the the better ones. I mean, it you know, people people love the the Patriots' comeback against the Falcons, but for you know forty, I guess the thirty thirty five minutes of that game, I mean, it, it seemed to be over. So it was pretty unexciting. Yeah. Um, whereas this game was, um, yeah, there was the actually third all quarter it. was actually a, a little uh, had a little bit of a lull to it, but. Uh, the, People the last, were still too busy talking was... about uh,
1: the halftime show during the third quarter to even to even realize.
0: Uh, present present company included. Or... Yeah. <laughs>
1: All um,
0: right. So how do you how do you feel now that we will not watch professional football uh, for what two days? The XFL six, six months. Okay. Well, <laughs> Brad's been angling to go to the, the DC Defenders to home go. opener.
1: Mike, if you want to uh, fund uh, a group out <laughs> to the DC Defenders, it'd be greatly appreciated. Um, but no, uh, it's it's definitely a little sad. I mean, football season is, is definitely different than the other seasons. Uh, just the excitement around it and the buzz that you feel from that you talk when you talk to anybody about football is is really great. And I, I think it definitely will be missed. But, uh, you know, right now my mind is is on whether Tom Brady will be back. And the Super Bowl commercial that he was in, I honestly thought I was about to have a heart attack when he was like, you know, comes out in the black and white and says, I have an important announcement. I, see, I probably like turned dead pale, but... Um, you know that that's really where my mind is now, and you know, I, I, I'm uh, not looking forward to the wait, but I'm, I guess I'm ready for it. Okay. Um, we will, we we may have some XFL analysis for
0: you on on next week's show. Uh, Anthony said he's really excited to watch those games as well, so we'll be looking forward to hearing from him. Uh, with that being said, I think this would be a good time to talk about our Maryland Terrapins who beat Rutgers last night at home, fifty six fifty one.
1: Ben has written down. Maryland basketball, the Kansas City Chiefs of College basketball
0: yeah, they seem to they almost seem to play better when when they're down um, yeah I feel like they are team. they're either a second half team or they're, they're a team of one half for sure um, gives me a great deal of of confidence in them playing when they have to you know play in march madness now i I'm really concerned about this team, but i I think you have to the you know theres there's no such thing as a bad win. I believe mm-hmm. unless probably like all of your players get injured or um th- there really just isn't and the way they're able to to keep fighting back from from these early deficits and uh make big plays when it counts and and go on runs makes you think that you know they they can play with with some of the better teams. The question is uh where this team wants to go, which is deep into uh the march and and April tournament um can they afford to do this against some of the best teams in the country? And uh, we're the Big Ten is we're now at the top of the Big Ten, so yes. uh, you know that that means that, that we should be one of one of the best teams uh, in the country because we are playing in the the most competitive conference. But yeah, I mean, looks- how how confident would you feel about this team if if they got down to a fourteen seven start against a Baylor, or Gonzaga, or Duke who? Were projected to match up with in, in the Sweet yeah, Sixteen. Yeah,
1: I, I think it's definitely concerning. Definitely concerning that we you know we're we're often down at half. We were down five at half this game. And the other thing that really concerned me is in the last ten minutes of the first half, we scored like three points. I mean, which you know you know we were able to pull this now at home and we have been a different team at home all year. You know, even if you know we've only lost two or three away, we've absolutely looked like a like a so much better of a team. Uh, at home, and you know, obviously March is not played in, in Xfinity Center, so that's something I'm a little bit concerned about as well. But I, I think that if you know a team, the, the team playing as it is now, you know, could definitely get past the first round, and praying that they can get past the second round like this. But once you start getting into steeper and steeper competition, and I think that Illinois this weekend will be a really big test of this away. Um, I, you really can't have ten minute droughts without scoring, and you really can't be down, yeah, you know, considerable margins at the half. Uh, which of course, Maryland did this game, but they averted the crisis as Ben um, had uh, has talked about uh, beated rec- beat Rutgers. Uh Ben, who stood out to you in this game?
0: I think there were. I'll I'll give one guy for me. Um, Jalen Smith. This this whole year has been consistently pretty good, um, especially after in conference play. So I wouldn't necessarily say stood out because his his game has just been. Um, has just been pretty solid all around. Who who really seemed to step up last night, um, and who really impressed me with his ability to kind of spark runs and um, show some some ability to to get it done on the offensive end was Daryl Morsell.
1: Yeah, I that was where I was going too. I think that Morcel had the best game I've seen him play. Uh, I think it was his, his um, probably since the what was that the Marquette game. Yeah, I think he, he had, I think he even scored more this game. I think he had, he had like 12, eleven or twelve that game. He had fourteen points. Um, shot didn't shoot a crazy number. Only oh, shot two threes, which I think was even more impressive. He was actually going to the hoop. He is a guy that will oftentimes, along with the rest of his team, uh, settle for threes when there's no need to take them. And I was very happy to see him not do that. And he got to the free throw line at the end of the game in some really big moments and hit a couple of free throws to ice the game. And I, I was just really imp- he played almost the entire game too, really barely sat. Um, and I was very very impressed uh, with with his effort and, and just the intensity that he brought. And, of course, as Ben mentioned, Smith uh, had a career-high six blocks as well, uh, which was huge for him, especially down the end of the game. He had a a block um, on Rutgers' 2nd last possession that kind of sealed things for for the Terps. So I was super impressed with him, too. And The other thing, I don't think we talked about Cowan's performance in um, uh, the Iowa game, uh, as that was after our radio show. But, you know, Cowan then putting up 31 points, 17 in this game. He's really turned into quite a leader.
0: I agree with that, and I this this performance from morsel just just makes it seem like he should be more involved um in the offense it seems like guys yeah. like ayala and Wiggins, who should, who should be less involved in the offense um seem to have the the free reins to jack up three pointers at will um dante scott is for some reason taking that uh taking that upon himself to to join in on on that and it you know seems like Cowan and uh smith should really be the only two people doing that yeah um Morsell however I, I really enjoy he seems to want to go to the basket put his um go get to the rim take those, he's those tough key jumpers and um draw fouls and I, I really think that's the kind of toughness um that toughness down low would would really benefit uh the Terrapins i mean they they play great when Morsell scores I, I saw a stat that Maryland is 11 and 0 this season when Morsell when Morsell scores in double figures oh yeah
1: um yeah the the one thing to me that actually stood out as there were two things that i found really concerning in this game one bigger than the other the first is ayala ben do you happen to know how many points ayala scored
0: um i don't have the box score in front of me it's zero it's zero Ayala
1: played 30 minutes of a 40 minute game scored zero points uh this is you want you know you're starting number two you're starting shooting guard to have no points that is that is definitely concerning and him and uh, Wiggins have gone back and forth, being very cold all season. But Wiggins didn't play much better. Wiggins had five points, was one of three from from uh, from three point line. So that is not uh, the two of them not playing well. There's is there's the, a real not argument in, not that, that
0: Sorrell Smith should be starting over Ayala right now. I mean, I, I don't know what's going on with him. He if he was just three quarters or or probably even half as good as he was last yeah. year, we would we'd probably be a top five team in the country yeah. without a doubt and. His numbers are down across the board, um, which is odd for someone that has a full <laughs> offseason getting to know their teammates better and, and given a more prominent role. Um, it's it's just really disappointing to see the step back he's taken. Certainly. and it, it just becomes more evident week to week, just missing getting good looks, too. I mean, I remember that yeah. sequence where he missed just left, I think, two consecutive three-pointers short. They both looked like air balls, honestly. Yeah, but we can barely a couple, hit the a
1: couple chances exactly to ice it as well at the end. And yeah, yeah back, my other point, the other um, concerning thing that I found is the lack of depth uh, and the, the center and power forward positions. Uh, ben, I'll, I'll give you another little quiz here if you don't look at my screen, but do you want to guess the plus minus or what the, the plus minus of, of um, Jalen Smith was compared to the other three big men that played? Jalen
0: Smith was probably what, like plus twelve, plus thirteen, yeah. Okay,
1: and then there was Lindo, um, Chol, and Tamayic, all of which had very similar number.
0: I I would go Chol seemed noticeably
1: the worst. Yeah, but Chol's yeah.
0: I would probably say, I don't know,
1: minus eight. Yeah, Chol was seven. Lindo was nine, and Tamayich played for one minute and was didn't do was was like minus three but you know impressive. lindo who played for for 4 minutes and Mar- uh, chola for 2 to be co- a combined minus 16 is not great cuz that means the three minutes, you know that's they played for 5 minutes smith sat for 4 minutes so uh, that's uh not encouraging at all No,
0: and and they're going to they're going to need one of those guys to just step up and at least be competent uh to give sticks a rest but we well, we'll see i i want to read you a quote from uh, from Anthony Cowan, okay. and and I think that it kind of expresses <laughs> some of the the frustration that we've experienced for our time here at Maryland. So um, after the game, reporters were asking Cowan, you know, you're top of the Big Ten now. How does it feel? Does you know, is, is that a reason to smile? And what what Cowan said, and and I think it it really encapsulates how how most Maryland fans are feeling. Is he said. Not when you feel like you've been having the same type of year for four years. I feel like we've been here a lot. I think last year we were winning a lot of games at the top of the schedule, then it slowly fizzled down. We've got to stay locked in, no off days, no cruising at practice, getting better day in and day out. I love that. How how that. likely is it that this team just falls apart um, down the stretch? I mean, going going to Illinois on the road right now and then um, some other tough road contests, have to play Michigan State, one of, one of the other top teams in the big 10, I'm quite nervous that, that the, uh, that these problems that, that we've discussed earlier, the lack of front court depth, the inability to score early, um, are really going to be exacerbated, um, at the tail end of conference play.
1: Yeah. Uh, unfortunately, I, I think that Cowan, you know, I, I've, I've, been really big on Cowan all year. I, I think that he hit the nail, uh, right on the head there. Um, it, it I, I'm, I can't not be concerned after watching this team. I know you've been watching them even longer than I have been, but just for the last three and a half years now, y- every year you seem to get super optimistic and you say, "Okay, they beat a couple of ranked teams. They're going to finish top three, likely in the Big Ten regular season, if not win." which they did two years here, um, but then they get it gets into you know into March, to beginning of March, into late March, and they just look like a completely like a shell of themselves, and they seem to fall apart. So. You know, while I will still be optimistic, uh, I definitely don't have uh, a ton of confidence in them, especially if they they can't show signs of you know of even just like minimal improvement in the next couple of weeks.
0: Their their last five games of the year at Ohio State, at Minnesota, again home versus Michigan State, at Rutgers, and then finishing this season home versus Michigan. Yeah, it'll be really, it'll They're, be really. There's telling. a real world in which they don't win a single one of those games.
1: Um, no, I don't think that's realistic. I don't, I'm not I saying see that I lose losing it'll two, happen. Or two or three, um, but I think to lose all five is a little unrealistic. Well, I'm, I,
0: I do not feel good about this Illinois game. I, I do not see us coming away with a victory there. Um, we get a tune up against Nebraska and hopefully should beat the uh, Cornhuskers. Home. No, well, I was going to use a word that I probably can't say on FM radio, but uh, <laughs> I caught myself, unlike
1: you. Very nice, very nice. Um,
0: won't have to issue an apology. Yes, right. Um, so we have—I think we have some breaking news on the air. Oh uh, my!
1: I'm not. Even, what is it?
0: We have Andre Udala for, officially for my per my my insider uh, pre is oh
1: shout shout out pre you, Preet, if, if you're listening
0: officially traded from Memphis to Miami. Miami. So, yeah. we're going to do some NBA wow. <laughs> trade deadline stuff later, talk about, you know, what the contending teams need to need to add, but before we jump into that, I think Brad has some comments he would like to yes. make in a A time frame that will last around 60 seconds. All right, this is uh, exciting. Regarding sports in the greater College Park area. Yeah, I
1: know. All right, it's the Maryland Minute Time, everybody. I wanted to get some background music, but I didn't get my act together this week, so look forward to that next time. But we'll start. You want me to make
0: some turtle noises? That'd be great. I don't really know. uh, What noise does a turtle
1: make? (laughs) Type of a thing. Okay, so we'll start with women's basketball. Women's basketball over the past week has had two very very solid wins uh they went away to Ohio State won that game pretty easily and then beat Michigan State scored 100 points beat them by about 30 here at home uh that game was never even close so they are uh, now 13th in the country I am expecting that to move up they are uh, on the road a couple games this week and I expect them to keep rolling they've looked like a much better team uh since about mid-January after we got back from break so hopefully Brenda will keep them rolling uh, next, of course, your update on Maryland Gymnastics. I know you've all been anxiously, anxiously awaiting uh, to hear about this. Uh, they had one meet this week, one at Illinois, uh perennially pretty solid gymnastics school. Uh, and there they made SportsCenter number two on SportsCenter over the weekend uh, for a beam backflip type thing that uh, I can't do. Uh, then we'll go to football. Football, obviously college football is in the offseason, but that does not mean that everything stops. It is recruiting time. And Coach Loxley, uh, has been able to tweet out his patented wall gif a couple of times this week. As Maryland football has picked up a couple of recruits, I think Ben and I are actually going to chat about one or two of them in a second. Um, I got about, a, what was it, a 260-pound running back? 265, yeah. 200, so if you moves don't know... Well uh, for a big guy. What? I said he moves pretty well he for does, a big he guy. He does. He moves very well for a big guy. But that is enormous for a running back. Um, and I don't think he's going to end up being a Derrick Henry. So, you know, something... Uh, it's a little bit unfortunate there. But we got him. We got another uh, four-star, I think, DB today. So, you know, things are looking up. I, I still have absolutely no confidence that the team will win any games this, next year. But uh, that is good that to at least see Coach Loxley out on the recruiting trail, uh, getting some people to come uh, stay in the DMV region, go to College Park. Uh, off of that, I have a question for you, Ben. We were just talking about this on the way over here. Uh, Terrell Pigram has entered the transfer portal, so likely will Tyrone. He... No, Terrell. I think. Terrell, Fact check. Quick fact check. Oh, I'm,
0: I'm ah, I misspelled. Brad
1: is red. Rad is right. Okay. Terrell. I'm confusing today. him with Bordenschlager. Tyrone Bordenschlager. Yeah, that was a German name. You could already think of Tyrone. Um but no, so right now on the roster for Maryland quarterbacks, we have Josh Jackson who somehow has a year of eligibility left. Um Tyler DeSue and people are hoping will be the next great quarterback for us. Uh, since Boomer's Tyson, uh Lance Lejean. What about... Yeah, let's see if you can name another one. I can name some others, but none that were good. Who? Per- Perry Hills. Sorry. Caleb Rowe. Caleb let's, Rowe. See, let's see. How many Maryland quarterbacks can we uh, name? Sean Hill. Uh, there was the li- who was the linebacker that played quarterback? Oh, my God. Our, our freshman year. There was <laughs> uh, that guy at the linebacker came in oh. for like a half a game. There was Bortenschlager, obviously. There was Kasim Hill. Kasim hey, Hill.
0: He's... Uh... They haven't said where he's going yet, have they? Tennessee. Oh, he is. Yeah, I'm pretty sure. Ninety five percent sure. Well, best of luck to him.
1: But right. yeah, either way, that's that's concerning. PSA.
0: And with that, Brad actually, are you you recorded your own PSA this this uh, week?
1: We're still working on it. We have to get approval uh, from the station manager.
0: Okay, play the yeah, play the bike one.
1: All right, bike PSA. Here it is. ride my bike with no handlebars, no handlebars. Sign up for the weekly no bike
0: rides handlebars. every Tuesday around College Park. Don't have a bike? No Just rent it from the campus bike shop. No Spending time outdoors has great no benefits. It raises your vitamin D levels, it improves and concentration and focus, helps alive. you recover from injury and stress, and it may even mean more smiles throughout the day. To, to get more go. information, log to on to crs.umd Maryland Adventure Hashtag
1: I can tell you about Lee I know all
0: Hello and welcome back to the injury report on WMUC FM radio. Brad, let's uh, let's do a little NBA talk. We don't get yes. the opportunity to do that. Maybe
1: we'll even mix in some NHL today. That would be special.
0: Uh, I don't run it. A- anthony valdez is probably roll would roll over in his <laughs> uh he,
1: doesn't, so he, doesn't, even pre, NHL, he pre, doesn't even know what the nhl is Sorry, i don't okay.
0: think he knows what it stands for but <laughs> um <laughs> I think quiz next time nba trade deadline tomorrow february 6th a lot of teams uh looking to to move some players around acquire future assets cash considerations draft picks uh the lottery young players yes um Brad's Boston Celtics maybe in the market for a big. Uh,
1: yeah, well, I I don't know. I we'll, we'll get into the rumors, but there there is talks of Capella, but now it looks like he's going someplace else. Did he already go to, I don't know. There's been a lot of news coming out today about where people are going. I haven't been able to stay on all of it, but let's talk about this Iguodala trade.
0: So yes, we have we have breaking news that Andre Iguodala has been traded from the Memphis Grizzlies to the. Uh, Miami Heat, the return for Iguodala is... You, you want to just recap quickly for the listeners
1: what has been happening uh, with Iguodala this year?
0: So Iguodala was was uh, traded in the offseason to, to Memphis, um, publicly said that he did not want to play for the team, wanted to be traded to a contender. Um, so he has, been, he has been sitting out, hasn't been involved in team, um, anything related to the team, and has led to the frustration Uh, Of some of his teammates Uh, a couple days ago his his teammates, you know Dylan Brooks and John Moran voiced their excitement for Iguodala to be out of Memphis Um, and Iguodala Maintained uh, that he was adamant to to get out of that situation now. He will be going to the Miami heat who are you know competing for one of the top seeds in the east Uh, he will also sign a two-year 30 million dollar extension uh, upon his arrival in Miami, which which to me is is quite surprising. Yeah, I
1: didn't. Wouldn't I have mean guessed for
0: that. for a guy that you know how, how old is he now? Andre Iguodala. I mean he's
1: he's a he's a role player.
0: He's a role player, but mo- most role players don't get paid. Yeah,
1: no, that's what I mean. He's I'm saying he's a role player. He's not that that seems to be a high price for for he's talent. He's
0: 36 years old, yeah. um, coming off a season in which he averaged 5.7 points per game playing 23 minutes, about 23 minutes. Uh, doesn't shoot the three ball particularly well. Shot 33% last year, which okay. um, I, I'm not really sure. You know, Miami is, is a team who, who's surrounded with, with a bunch of really good shooters. Um, so I guess the idea there is trying to add a defensive wing who can, you know, add some defensive versatility, um, bring some leadership to, a, to an overall young core uh, the Heat are also in in talks to possibly acquire Gallinari um, to add a you know more offense uh, first scoring wing. So to me, it I don't really love love the the deal for for Miami, and we don't even know yeah, what I, we're sent, what they're sending back yet. Supposedly Memphis wanted a first round pick. So
1: I I think regardless of what they I mean assuming they're going to get something back of, of any value, it, it seems like a good deal for Memphis. I mean Iguodala was really was not playing and was just. Kind of going out of his way to to badmouth the organization, even if it wasn't so um, so explicitly was you know by just not playing and demanding to be traded. It, it you know does not look good for the organization. And is honestly quite a distraction for the other players. So to get a first round draft pick out of that uh, would be huge for Memphis, especially given that they're going to lose their first round draft pick, uh, their top first round draft pick this year uh, to the Celtics from a trade that happened a couple of years ago. But. Um, yeah, I, I mean, we were talking about this last night, Ben. I mean, can you think of an, another anything that 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 where if you you are getting you know you have a job you signed a contract to work for three years, and you just show up one day and say I don't like this job, I, I you have to pay me, but I'm not going to do any work.
0: That sounds ideal. It um, does sound ideal. But it's maybe just, maybe it's just I'll crazy try that out th- th- this this winter. Demand to be traded to, uh, I don't know. Where 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 should I go? Maybe maybe I'll come to to OW. To w, I'll, de- I'll demand a trade to OW. Yeah, um, Brad and B-
1: we're a package deal.
0: We're a package deal. Um, so uh, it's it, it's it's quite amazing. I mean, the NBA is is a player driven league. Um, they kind of live and die by that. This this is a perfect example. Um, but this this gives the the Heat an opportunity to build depth uh, on a team that, that looks poised to compete. Possibly compete for the Eastern Conference um, spot in the NBA Finals. So um, we'll see how that winds up working out for them. And other uh, big Trade news: There was a four-team deal between the Rockets, Hawks, Wolves, and Nuggets. I think it wound up being like a twelve-person
1: trade. Yeah, I, I was uh, trying to read this this morning, and I got so confused I had to stop.
0: So yeah, there were a lot of. If you'd like
1: to summarize? I would. I appreciate think you could them. actually
0: pronounce most of the names involved. I mean, Covington, Bell, yeah. Capella, but um, the the key uh, players in in the trade were the Rockets acquired Robert Covington uh, from Minnesota giving them, you know, uh, Houston as of late has um, demonstrated their desire to, to add a, a defensive wing who can also, um, you know, sc- score um, and play a more small ball lineup. So, so you would expect Covington to be um, guarding some of the, the larger players on, on opposing teams. Uh, they wanted to move on from Capella, who seemed to be plateauing um, in Houston. Uh, they were doing very well without Capel in the lineup. So um, it looks like they're going to transition to a, you know, a small ball Smaller lineup team, yeah. with, with a lot of spacing for for Harden and Westbrook. Um, the Hawks getting a, a center to really help Trey Young with his pick, um, give him a real pick and roll threat. Um, also adding a, a great rebounder and a, um, you know, a, a decent defender as well. And, uh, you know, C- Collins, Collins brings a, you know, a different, Kind of approach to to a big, but this this gives Trey Young his his first you know NBA caliber yeah. <laughs> um, center. So it'll yeah, be I, interesting to see what if that kind of invigorates the Hawks. Um, yeah, I mean definitely I, can't hurt them on defense. No, yeah,
1: as I, I said, the Hawks are, are one of those teams where that that are clearly not thinking about this year and probably aren't even thinking about winning next year or the year after that, but are, are definitely in a rebuilding stage. But as I look over this trade and you know here and recap it again, it really does seem like just about every team benefits from this in some way. You know, when you look at some of these MLB trades that just happened over the weekend, and it seems like, you know, some people got the short end of the deal. This, this trade really seems to make sense for all the teams. I totally agree that the Rockets getting rid of Capella allows uh, Harden Westbrook to touch the ball just that much more, which is something that obviously both of them really, really enjoy. Um, so, you know, letting them go a little bit smaller, be more fast-paced, will, should definitely help their team. Great for the Hawks to, you know, give Trey Young just for somebody to play with. Honestly, the Hawks are... You know, tanking talk is a little bit subdued in the NBA this year with how they've redone the lottery, but they're obviously totally content, uh, not finishing too highly in the things this year. And then, um, the Nuggets, a team that I've been playing, you know, pretty well this year, moving those pieces around should help them as well. So it se- seems to me pretty solid all around.
0: Yeah. I, I, I like the trade for, for all parties involved. The Timberwolves also, you know, um, Getting Hernan Gomez and Beasley, guys that they said they would potentially be interested in signing to extensions or, or bringing back uh, this offseason, so they could, you know, add some uh, add some depth on on that team, yeah. who, you know, clearly needs good players. Mm-hmm. Um, what other from from your sources? I know you're very involved in the NBA uh, community. Yeah. What other um, rumors are you hearing about? Do you expect that Capella deal to be? Um, you know, the big deal of this deadline, or, or do you think there's um, a possibility of some big names being being moved in the next, I guess, 24 hours?
1: Yeah, I gotta be honest with you, I haven't been able to follow it as much as I would have wanted to, but I, I mean, from my point of view, I think that, from what I've heard at least, Capella was like the biggest name that people were fairly certain was gonna move. I, I mean, Iguodala too, but Iguodala I don't think is quite as strong of a, of a player um, as Capella, so I think that there's a, a really solid chance that that ends up being the biggest move I don't know what other teams that are, you know, towards the top of the standings right now are... I mean, the Celtics were looking to move some pieces around, but uh, I think they wanted a big guy. And I don't know, unless you can tell me otherwise, Ben, that there were really any other centers out there that are worth trading for. So I, I don't know that that many of the moves would be, are going to be made.
0: Yeah, they're, they're a bunch of... Um, it doesn't look like any all-star, you know, caliber players um, are going to get moved, but uh, you know the Lakers have been been looking for a point guard. Names such as Spencer Dinwiddie and Dennis Schroeder have been um, thrown around. It seems like the Nets don't want to part from Dinwiddie, and and the return for Schroeder would have to be pretty hefty. Yeah. Um, OKC is in a r- real interesting position at this deadline um, because they they do have a bunch of uh, sought after players. I don't expect uh, Chris Paul to go anywhere, but but uh, as I said earlier. Miami is, is uh, looking into Gallinari as our, as our other teams. Um, Schroeder uh, could could be worthwhile for, for teams looking for a backup or, or lower end starting point guard. And um, who knows about the potential availability of Steven Adams, but uh, he also looks likely to stay put. The, the Morris brothers... I, yeah,
1: I also heard a couple of... The, the one other name I wanted to bring up quickly that I forgot about that I was thinking about is there's talk about the Sixers... And moving some pieces around there, I know that it, you know Ben Simmons coming out the other day and talking about how you know he he might not love playing with Embiid and how how he you know he thinks that he doesn't always go one hundred percent all the time. Have you heard anything about the possibility of them trying to make some moves? Um,
0: I they they've been looking for a for a scoring wing. Um, Covington was was someone who they and and Dollar were were names floated out as as potential fits there. Um, they may have to settle for for either no one or or a lower level. Um, player, I, I wonder if they would be be interested in in someone such as Alec Burks on on Golden State, um, but Philadelphia. I mean, we're this is a group of um, add, adding a great player in Al Horford. It, it's still taking some time to you know to figure things out there, and Bede's also been been banged up for a large part They've of this year. They've been
1: really they're they're in quite a slump right now um, too.
0: Rich, Richardson also being out, um, who who was doing you know really well up until that point, so. You know, they 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 absolutely have things to figure out. I, a another deep thread could uh, might be able to help, but um, I, I would by no means say the team is in crisis mode uh, yet, and ex- not exactly a team I, I would like to play in uh, yeah. in April. So <clears throat> sure. we'll, we'll see what they'll be able to figure out. All
1: right, do, do you want just just looking at the NBA more broadly, not just this trade deadline? Uh, what team, you know, where All-Star break is coming up, where I think games-wise, just about halfway through, maybe a little more than halfway through the season. Uh, what teams ha- have really, uh, you know, surprised you so far um, that are kind of overperforming that you think uh, kind of have a shot uh, to-, to be in the finals this year?
0: Um, to, to, to actually be in the finals, I mean, it looks like the Bucks are so... Far and away, the have been the best team of the regular season um, in the Eastern Conference, and, and probably, probably the both, entire yeah. NBA. Um, I've I've been very impressed with with the Miami Heat. They've they've fallen off um, a little bit due to the um, you know Celtics playing some better basketball. But um, I, I didn't expect them to be a you know competing for, for one of the top spots in the yeah, East. Yeah, not necessarily probably odds, a, a but lower top, top spot. Uh, a lower seed there. And and the Raptors after losing their best player. Uh, Kawhi Leonard the holding down the second seed in the east I have to say is is quite surprising um you know still still a bunch of of uh, great nba talent uh Gasol Lowry um and and Siakam playing at, at an all-star yeah um, Siakam
1: is having fantastic I mean, year I don't think anyone saw that coming quite quite to this extent
0: he yeah his his ability to improve year after year I yeah. mean he looks like a, a superstar in the making and um, probably got overshadowed last year with they're Kawhi. They're probably a uh, under the radar fun team to watch, and and Vanvleet's also yeah, uh, been been solid right. for them. So, a um, lot of a lot of interesting teams there in in the West. Um, I would say the the biggest surprise to me, um, I I think Golden State being the worst team in basketball by far. Um, lose, losing Durant, you know, obviously hurts, and and. Clay Thompson expected to miss the entire year with with his ACL injury, but still a team you know that was bringing back Steph Curry and Draymond Green, adding D'Angelo Russell and um, you know some some young pieces, Pascal, Poole, um It thought thought they would have been you know bringing back Looney. Thought they would have been better than this. Obviously, Steph Curry going down with a significant hand injury. Draymond being banged up this entire year. Um, so. Um, yeah. and D'Angelo Russell as well uh, uh missing a bunch of games so
1: yeah one, one team that's, that's I'm
0: I'm excited Steph Curry is supposedly nearing a return and I'm excited to see what the possibility of him and and Russell sharing a, a backcourt looks like
1: yeah one team that surprised me kind of talking about that that KD trade is the Nets uh being currently in. I mean everybody makes the playoffs in the NBA I guess but uh currently being in that seventh spot I thought that without Kevin Durant this year and with Kyrie having all his uh injury problems and uh the mental health problems if you will uh you know not always being the best locker room guy i'm surprised to see them uh, still hanging in there not that the bottom half of the east has been good at all this year the bottom like six teams are all within three losses four losses of each other but uh i'm surprised to see them you know putting together a, a respectable season should we uh move on to some mlb stuff
0: why why don't we so it, it that's, really that's breaking news it it really is a shame that we don't have anthony here tonight because this is um, a deal between uh, Anthony's team, the Dodgers, and Brad's team, the um, the Red Sox, oh. that has elicited some um, very passionate reactions from from both parties.
1: I, I really appreciate you talking, saying Red Sox and not saying like cheating Red Sox. That's a really big, really big of you.
0: Well, that's I don't know <laughs> what the word redundant, perhaps, but <laughs> um, yeah, excited to see when when those conclusions come out. But yeah, um, sure. let's let's talk about this. So Mookie sure. Betts dealt. To the Dodgers as part of a three-team deal. Um, the in return, the they right. also sent David Price uh, yeah. to yeah. to L. A.
1: Which is a re- really a big part of this deal, especially when you look at kind of the reasons behind it. They being cash, but here you can you can finish describing the trade.
0: The Red Sox in return get a pitching prospect uh, by way of Minnesota and one of the uh, Dodgers' top. Prospects, I guess at this point, not, not really a prospect, prospect yeah. anymore. Um, Alex, Alex Verdugo, who had a, a pretty solid rookie season before uh, a back injury sidelined him for the rest of the year, um, but the the Red Sox will also be paying reportedly about um, half of Price's remaining salary. Um, the figure for that has not come back yet. So, um, Brad, let's get your your instant reaction to Boston dealing. <laughs> Probably the the second best player of the past five years.
1: Yeah. I um was kinda knew this news was gonna come. Uh it had been rumored for quite some time that the Red Sox were just did not wanna pay uh Mookie did not want to pay anybody for that matter. But I I don't know, I'm really quite frustrated and I've been growing more and more frustrated over the past couple of days as it's become really quite clear the the reasons for the move were just strictly financial and a in a league that has no salary cap. Um yeah, I mean... No I mean, cap? No cap. <laughs> but, uh yeah, no, I mean, Mookie Betts has been... was a homegrown guy, you know, came up through the Red Sox organization and has been just developed into such an incredible player, uh an all-star or all-star candidate for the past couple of years. Uh, not all-star, MVP, excuse me. MVP has been an all-star, MVP or MVP candidate for the past couple of years. And uh it, it's really tough to see him go to L.A., who, of course, has been a, a, a very, very big rival, Um in the in the National League, so I mean, we were all talking about this last night, and it really just seems like, I mean, prices had a really, the reason that for this trade really came down. It seems like just to money and trying to get under the luxury cap, uh, and the only way it seemed like for the Red Sox to do this was to trade bets and was to trade Price. Who well, tra- the pr- the Price trade makes sense. We were locked into like a hundred million dollar contract with him. Uh, looks like we're now going to be paying half of that, so forty million dollars. So that and the twenty two million arbitration deal that Mookie got. Um, put us under the cap, but it's just really hard to just see somebody like Mookie go, who had such a fantastic season last year, and you know, who who was the centerpiece of this team, uh, go just because we didn't even want to negotiate with him next year.
0: Well, so so my take wasn't as I mean I'm I'm you know Nationals fan team team has won a World Series hasn't even cheated to to win that World Series. Um,
1: that was good. That was that was good of you to say.
0: Um, people, as people, as people a, were concerned, as a National League fan, you know, obviously not thrilled about Mookie Betts coming into into the league. Um, I think that that for him, I mean, this is this is a dream move. Getting a getting a a chance to play on a team that is poised to compete for for the next decade um, will be out of the shadow of Mike Trout as as the best player in the league. Um, combining to to provide probably the most lethal um, one-two bunch in baseball with with Bellinger. Bellinger, yeah. Um, how? Why? Why does? Um, why if you're the Dodgers, do you do this deal for the for the obvious reason of, of getting a, a top player? Sure, um, taking on the the
1: contract
0: of, of David Price, but um,
1: who? But but not. I mean, yes, that contract of Price is bad, but he he has definitely shown signs that he can be a very very good pitcher. He can definitely be a number 2 or 3 starter
0: at this point in his career. I mean, a guy that I mean, if he
1: if he stays healthy, if he stays healthy, I think definitely he can. So,
0: this is the the best case scenario for the Dodgers, right? Is that you you get bats 27 million dollars a year uh for this year which is oh, 20, you know, yeah. which is way under, you know, what what his value is. Um you give up one of your your top young players in Verdugo, but um, in return, you get a left-handed arm um, who has shown his ability to at least be a you know a top a, a top five starter. Um, okay, now what happens uh, if if bets walks? after yeah, this this, this, summer?
1: this is the interesting scenario, which is that n- oh, at the end of the season, Brett's will become a, a, totally a free agent and will be able to test the market and uh, see where he wants to go. I mean, barring some large material change he will, you know, make a, a over 300 million dollar contract, you know, similar to the the kind that, you know, we saw Rendon and Trout and all these other and um Machado and all these other guys, not Machado, what's his name? Yeah, Machado. No. What's whatever, I can't think of I on the Padres. Machado. Machado, okay, I was right. Ah, I knew it. I I I, I thought myself. Whatever, similar to the That that rarely happens. <laughs> yes, yeah, for real. Similar to the uh type of contracts that these guys are getting. But I, I think that it would be really interesting if he leaves. And, and I think if you're a Dodgers fan, if you don't win... I mean, they're clearly going to be the favorites to be the World Series this year. I, I'm sorry. I don't know that your Nats are going to be able to compete with that's with no, so, going to L.A.
0: So I was looking at, at how the betting odds uh, shifted after after this. The Dodgers are the favorites to win the NL. The Yankees still are the World oh, Series really? favorites. Mm-hmm. Interesting. Okay.
1: Well, you know, I, I think that if you're a Dodgers fan and you make it to the World Series this year or win the World Series this year, obviously, regardless of what happens with Betts next year, you've won the trade. But I, I think that, you know, if if they do, if he, Mookie Betts does leave next year, I, I still think you got to be happy with this. You've you've given up virtually nothing. I mean, Redugo has had injuries. This other prospect that the Red Sox are getting has had some injuries too. It, that, you know, they really, in compared to Mookie Betts, they're getting, you know, like like just chump change, and, you know, uh, back for him. So I, I think that you've got to be happy with the deal either way. It's not... Costing the team an an enormous amount of money this season. It's really a steal. And as a Red Sox fan, it hurts. I mean, if you look at the Red Sox, what has happened to them over the past couple of months, uh, we fire our manager um, because after. Mutually agree to part ways. Fired them. Yeah, sure. Fired the manager. It was clear that Henry did not want him to keep spending money. Uh, That's become even clearer with this trade. Then, of course, there's all the cheating allegations. Um, Allegations, big word. Um. And then, you know, Cora gets fired, now Betts leaves, uh, Price leaves, so yeah, now we're left, spring training starts in two weeks with no manager and without our best player and one of our uh, starting pitchers, so it, you know it's not encouraging uh, what the ownership has been doing. Well, I, I would
0: contest that to a degree, so, so I said, you know, why, why does LA do this deal, and, and honestly, that's, that's pretty obvious, I mean, right, your best case scenario, you're bringing in one of the best players in baseball. Um, will hopefully be a part of your your team for you know for he's what 26 years old i mean they'll he'll be in the market for a 8 10 year deal um similar to the ones you know machado and and harper and standin have, have gotten in, in years past um but but why do you do this if you're the Sox so they get two two youngsters that they're taking flyers on um verdugo is i guess a little bit more of a proven commodity um, we'll I see mean, if, if he's play. able to stay healthy, has the ability to play all three outfield positions. Also gives Boston a left-handed bat. Um, definitely greater value than they would have gotten if uh, he leaves as a as a free agent. The, the compensatory draft pick, the uh, satisfies ownership being able to get them under the uh, threshold and reset that that penalty rate to a minimum, um, and then gives them tremendous flexibility in coming seasons. Forty to fifty million dollars worth.
1: Yeah, but who are you going to get that? That's better than bets.
0: Well, that's the question. Is that, you know, I I think we look at at the Red Sox World Series run as a good example of that of of getting guys around the edges. If if you're the Red Sox and you have guys that um, on on reasonable deals that um, that can comprise the core. I mean, Bradley, Devers, uh, what's his name, Uh, Bogarts, uh, Benintendi. Yeah. Even though they have a depleted, uh, you know, farm system, that gives them the the opportunity to maybe go after one of these max free agents in in years to come, um, instead of having to put all their eggs in one basket in mookie bets. So mm-hmm. um, the the logic is there from the Red Sox. It does seem like a lackluster return. If you're the Dodgers, however, um, obviously this makes sense for the 2020 season. But um, I would be very concerned if. Verdugo turns out to be the prospect he he was projected to be. If Mookie Betts walks in the winter of 2020, then you're left with two years left of David Price um, and all of these other contracts coming up that you're going to need to pay soon. Um, you know, what, what happens in that case? So um, I, I think right now I would say the Dodgers definitely won this trade. Um, this is... You get the opportunity to bring in one of the best players in the sport for a relatively low price. I think you do that in the heartbeat. Begs the question as to why other teams weren't able to to come up with a with a similar package, um, because you know this yeah. this really seems like comes, a pretty minimal. I think it return. comes from the fear that he will leave next season. Um, so that I think I think that's really what it is. This is a guy who's you know publicly stated that he wants to test the open market. There are, you know, some reports saying that he was loyal to Boston and he would be willing to stay for the right price. But, um, you know, the question is, we're going to see, um, we can do this, we can go back and do this study of, of how uh, the biggest contracts in baseball have panned out for teams and, and the, uh, you know, the vast majority of them don't end up in World Series titles. So, um, the Yankees are banking on that right now with, with guys like Stanton and, and Cole, but, you um, we're going to see if if that is truly the model for, for winning championships. So Yes, um, we will. Yes, we will. Uh, thank you all for listening tonight. We're going to sign off. We'll be looking forward to the Illinois game Friday night where Maryland yes. can hopefully pick up a huge uh, Big Ten road win. Yes, Brad, the, the, any final the, thoughts?
1: The, uh, if you report Twitter May or Also may not be active by the time that game tips off, so uh, keep an eye out for
0: that. If if you can find a betting line (laughs) to bet on whether or not we will have a Twitter, I would definitely bet that we will not. Yeah,
1: that's probably smart. All right, thanks for listening, everybody. We'll see you next week.
0: Have a good night.